Welcome to this next episode of the Sparks podcast. In this episode, I'm continuing my conversation with Lisa Lloyd about the subject of imposter syndrome. We discuss a number of really interesting subjects around how entrepreneurs can look for help and support from friends and family and other people, and how businesses can develop their culture of openness and what it really means to be open in today's society. We also talk about expecting mistakes and not perfection, and how this helps drive success for people in the future. And finally, Lisa gives her tips on faking it till you make it, to help people drive a life of wealth and happiness where wealth isn't just financially connected. I'd like to apologise up front to all the listeners out there that my voice didn't fully record properly. I hadn't set the microphone levels at the correct setting before we started. But I'm hoping this will not detract from your enjoyment and understanding of the podcast. Please remember to leave us a review and any rating you'd like at the end of it because obviously this helps us get found by other people who may benefit from the thoughts and inspiration we're putting out. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. It's interesting because there's two thoughts going through my head. You know, I've been running my own business for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we don't have a mental first aid in our, my business. Yeah. It's me having to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder when you've got a smaller business or a smaller business owner or an entrepreneur who's stepping on this, um, we often look at entrepreneurs as being, you know, they, they've got the power, they've got the talent, yeah. they've got the drive, they're creative, they're innovative, they go do these yeah. things. Does it ever show up for those type of people? Yeah, well, you see, it's really interesting. So I was talking to someone recently about something called high-functioning anxiety, which is a really interesting term, where you wow. have these kind of high flyers who seem to be so incredibly competent and confident and juggling 100 balls at any one time and not ever dropping them. And it's very easy to look at them. And I think this is what I often do with, again, with people who are experiencing imposter syndrome and say, well, okay, this is, this is an illusion. This is what we are seeing but underneath, actually, there, there's a sense of panic. And I think for people who are appear to be kind of high-functioning, high-achieving mm-hmm. and very successful, behind closed doors and actually underneath, there's that, you know, the comfort, that level of emotional arousal is actually often higher as a norm than it should be. Okay. And that impacts on their ability to sleep well and it impacts on their mood and their irritability and, you know, their ability to empathize and all those kinds of yeah. things which but that just becomes part of who they are in the day-to-day they don't even recognize it as anxiety because it's just who they are they're just yeah. these kind of people who are constantly on the go and just doing these amazing things yeah. and that must be the biggest issue isn't it because uh, you know big businesses are looking out for this now and people are much more aware of mental health but in a yeah. small business or, or an entrepreneurial business where you've got a team of people around you maybe you've got 50 people working in your team mm. Um, it's very hard for you to admit you've got a problem or even sometimes recognise what you've got is a problem in the first place. Yes. But we know that long term, you know, yeah. I look at the, the models I look at from a business from the point of view of going through the number of growth cycles and at some stage hitting a wall. And when that yeah. brick wall comes, actually business owners and entrepreneurs hit it hard. Yes. And the yeah. issue is that, heart, that hitting that wall is stress, anxiety, frustration. Yeah. And it turns into some form of dis-ease, yeah. which typically comes out as, heart attack, high blood pressure, yes, divorce, yes. all these other things that come around. And unless they recognise it early enough, they're going to hit the wall. So what do people need to do to, to put the hand up and say, I've got a problem? To find someone that they can, who they can be themselves with. So it's really yeah. important because, you know, when you can kind of, you know, I was talking about on my hands, you know, I've got five, if I had to think about five people, I could think of someone I could just go and have loads of fun with and someone who would be up for a real good challenge 
um, who's doing something outdoorsy and someone who would actually listen and really get and they wouldn't judge and so on. And it's about having everyone needs someone they can be complete themselves with, can be very authentic and say, mm. actually, what I'm really struggling right now. And mm. this because, and without that person, they're saying, no, 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 don't be daft. Of course, we're great. Um, but someone who's actually prepared just to listen and not necessarily solve the problem, but just to listen. Because as soon as you yeah. start having the dialogue, is when things start to to shift. And yeah. I think for the people supporting those individuals, you know, talking about entrepreneurs and so on, it's great. You know, it's often I've had so many calls where people are like, oh, you're so amazing and what you're doing is so fantastic and so on. And actually we tend to focus on the outcomes a lot okay. rather than saying, gosh, that sounds like it must be quite hard. That's got to be quite challenging. You know, there must be points where you're like feeling have I take have I bitten off more than I can chew and you know I know I was, I was speaking to someone you can have my friend you know my friend Bill or whatever I was speaking to so-and-so recently and he was saying that actually yeah he's he's achieved something similar but actually it's you get to moments of just feeling completely burnt out completely overwhelmed yeah. and as soon as you start introducing that that almost gives permission for that person to say yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah. you're right. It's so, you know, I get to a Friday or a Saturday night and I'm just on my knees and I can't cope. And mm. But you have, mm. it's kind of, it's almost giving them, it's opening the door for them to be able to say, I yeah. feel okay, it's safe enough for me yeah. to be able to express myself, honestly. And, and it's interesting because that thing about opening the door for them, I think is key, isn't it? Because, you know, having the door open to them and saying, look, it's, it's okay to talk to people. There's two thoughts going through yeah. my head there is, you know, most, most people who are senior in a business or most people as entrepreneurs, often they'll turn to their wife or partner or husband to talk. Mm. But it's a real big issue, isn't it, when you're then admitting you've got a weakness because mm. sometimes you've got to be seen as the, the, the person who's carrying the family, carrying the, mm. the, the person around. Um, and you don't want to turn around to your significant partner and say, look, I'm having a problem. Yeah. So some people are probably lack that individual to talk to which yeah. is the first point I made. And then just leading on from that is um, giving them the awareness to say, look, you can talk to me about these things without feeling judged. Yes. And that's where it comes to the whole, what your, whether it's part of your family, or is your family a family who's communicative? Yeah. Or do you have friends who are genuine, genuine, genuinely people who have to ask about each other? Or are you just kind of, you know, I don't want to speak to my husband. He goes and meets up with some of his mates, and I'll be asking, you know, how's so and so? So I don't know. We didn't really talk about how we actually felt about stuff. It's like you know, we're talking about someone's got a new car or whatever. It's that you know, it's finding that person. I know that's what you know. A lot of organisations have worked really hard around this, and they have you know, as I said, mental health first aiders, or they have people who are those people who will whose responsibility they've always been given the job title of your job is to make sure you know, to look after people's well-being and mental health but if those people are not just going around having genuinely authentic conversations there's no good having a badge saying you know i'm the person you can come talk to yeah. if, you've got a problem. if it's not if you're not if you haven't got a culture where people are able to be open and honest and transparent and say yeah. you know i'm so excited about this this week but i'm actually really anxious about that or yeah. um, I'm really proud of this about myself, but actually I'm struggling with that bit of it. And if we, if, and that's got to be the, from the top down. If yeah. You've got to have the people at the top, the leaders and the managers saying, you know, these are the things I'm really pleased about, these things I'm worried about, and actually modelling that so that people 
know that they can be honest and open without it affecting you know the promotion opportunities or whatever and that's the big i think that's the biggest issue isn't it yeah so so in days gone by it isn't that long ago people felt they couldn't talk about that because they had to be seen to be perfect yes and and if they showed any chink in their armor yeah. They they worried about what the impact would be long term. They would be they would be looked over for, for, for promotion, for instance. Yeah. Um, so we uh, do we talk a good game about mental health when it comes to imposter syndrome, or do we actually do what we're talking about? Does that make sense? And, you know, mm-hmm. Are we are we just talking about it and and yeah yeah it's all right. You can tell me what's really going on, but actually no, I'm writing a note of it saying actually this person's not really good enough because they've not got the functioning mm-hmm. ability to get to the top of this business. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really good question. I think that's the kind of the question, isn't it? And I think it very, the answer depends on where you work. Yeah. It's, okay. so, much, it's so dependent on the particular organisation you're in. Yeah. And yeah. if you are in an organisation where if you speak up and can be authentic and say, um, you know, I'm worried about or I'm struggling with, and actually you're supported through that as a, you know, part of recognising you're a human being. <laughs> um, if you're supported through that, then actually people overcome those blips yeah. quite quickly and can move on and then become stronger people, become more resilient because they've worked out how to overcome something that's been a bit challenging. Yeah. If you're not, if you're too afraid to be open and honest and you therefore have to hide it because yeah. you're fearful of the, the consequences otherwise, you're never, you can't be your true self. You're never going to learn to be more resilient. You can't, function at your best because you're always going to have this these negatives these anxieties these worries mm-hmm. kind of you're holding on to saying thing I can't, i'm but i'm not sure about or yeah. i'm worried about and you can't express it and in in good old days i would have said well leave that job and go, go work for a different company depends on because it's such a short of job it's hard to do yeah you know if you've got the ability to to choose you know when i was you know talking to people about those have been out of the job market coming back in start with your ideal company don't just go to any old company start with your ideal company those that you know have a proven track record of actually mm. having that kind of culture where people can be themselves and is recognizing that speaking up is actually a strength of character it is not a weakness yeah that that's i think a really key point isn't it and, and, and i think this links in you talked about you know you need the culture of open, openness so so the model i use for growing business is actually you know we build it on the foundation of culture and talent and mm. culture, if you create that culture of openness and feeling that we can talk about things and we're open with emotions and we recognize people as humans, not just yes. machines, which we put an impact and get an output. And then we can really make people feel comfortable talking yeah. about themselves. And, and you know, when I look at the, the model I often have in terms of your, your comfort zone, in terms of a lot of people sit in the center of their comfort zone and look at what they can influence and say, well, that's all I can influence. I'll sit within that. Yeah. Often the things outside of our comfort zone, which stretch us, are the things that give us the power to deal with them in the future. Yes. And, and in a business, if we're only stuck in our comfort zone because we're feeling like we can't talk about how we really feel, yeah. we're never going to stretch ourselves to that next level and we're never going to grow. So actually yeah. the culture is just going to degrade itself over time because it's going to yeah. be a culture of fear because I'm just fearful for not saying things. Exactly. And you think that the, the kind of, you know, it's quite a common theme that people who become really great in their workplace who have consciously made that decision to kind of climb the ladder yeah. are people who have said, right, I just need to surround myself with people who are better than me, who are higher up, who are more knowledgeable or more skillful at these particular things. Yeah. And I'm going to spend a lot of time observing and listening and learning from them 
and then I'm going to then be putting into practice having a go at yeah. doing what they're doing because I know that that's what that's what's the key to the next level up yeah and it's about but that's a part of that is about is that knowledge it's that self-awareness of there are people better than me and I need to learn from them rather than being threatened by them yeah and I've got to have a go at doing that because if I don't have a go at doing it that's what I need to be able to do so I'm going to have to have a go but again that comes back to being able to do it in a safe way so starting off small it's kind of thinking you know I've never done public speaking before so you wouldn't go and stand in front of an audience of several hundred people you would think okay I haven't spoken in front of a group of 10 people or whatever so or it might be in my team meeting I don't ever speak up so the next time I'm just going to make sure I contribute something voluntarily Mm -hmm. that's going to be my starting point and as soon as you do that you start to build up the evidence that you can speak up and be heard and your opinion was valued and so on yeah I think that's that's a great thing actually I think that that links into a lot of uh, a lot of people who are working at home at the moment have been doing so, so for the last few months in terms of getting their message out. Uh, I, I believe most people have become more comfortable talking to each other through video conferencing yes. um, because we've had to do it. We've been thrust into doing it there. Um, and, and your point there about starting small with public speaking, I think, is a key one. So a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of business owners I come across, they, they want to promote themselves, they want to promote their business, but sometimes they, they either don't know how or they're too afraid to go and ask for that help. Yeah. But the key point I'm taking you there is actually find the help and actually look at how you can start in a small way doing something. So exactly. whether it's marketing, whether it's whether it's writing a blog, whether it's writing a, a LinkedIn post, whether it's doing a video. Exactly. Just start small. And expecting mistakes. So knowing, you know, not expecting perfection because you're not, you know, if you're if you're on a role where you're trying to develop yourself and you're, you know, you're on this pathway to you know you are moving you're not just staying still and it's comfortable mm. you are moving in a new direction whatever that looks like and for whatever reason but you are moving you are going to have to expect to make mistakes like someone learned to ride a bike you expect to fall off a few times yeah. yeah and i think and it's about helping people focus on when they make that mistake the fact that that's lear- that's a learning opportunity so okay why did that happen what can you learn from that so that that's less likely to happen next time Mm. rather than oh my gosh I failed I can't do this and I think it's it but that takes a lot of self-awareness and you know even I will you know I remember doing a webinar at the start of lockdown and I ended up was talking about some stats or something and then I got my mind got sidetracked on something else that was relevant because I yeah. tend to think I'm going to talk about this and my mind goes off and went in all different directions and I can talk about that and that and that and I ended up fumbling and stumbling over a statistic and then yeah. it kind of, and then afterwards, and I think in the feedback, someone said something about, you know, you need to know your stats if you're talking about stats. And it's one statistic I kind of stumbled over. And I was thinking, my gosh, I'm really rubbish at this. I can't, I yeah. can't, yeah. can't do this because actually, what if I don't say the right thing? And, and I was yeah. thinking afterwards, actually, get a grip. Yeah. You know, yes, that bit, if I could erase something, I'd erase that kind of 20 seconds. But actually, the rest of it was useful, what I was talking about, and it was helping people understand something a bit yeah. differently. And so but people tend to fixate on the mistakes yeah. rather than going, okay, it happened, and we can just forget about it because, you know, only a certain amount of people saw it or heard it, or actually, I would expect people to make mistakes, like being on a video call and having your pet coming in or your child coming in. People expect it when yeah. people yeah. and we yeah. tend to forget that. 
And I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it? This fixation on the space, because I think a lot of that is our psychology from being younger, being at school, being in, yes. in being told off by someone, being made yes. to feel stupid because we made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. And, and as adults, the bit that I talk to people about as a coach is actually, if you were to go back and tell your six-year-old self when you were told off by that teacher for making that mistake in that math test, what yeah. would you tell them now? And you would say, actually, do you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Or, or from a coaching perspective, if someone pulls you up on the statistic, is that about them or about you? Yeah. Yes. And a lot of people get this thinking, oh, it's all about me. But actually, it's not. It's about the other person. It's their, yeah. it's their issue that they're dealing with. Yeah. And we just need to be sympathetic. Yes, I made a mistake. It was just a mistake of statistics. Yeah. It's not a slur on me. It's just a, it's just a yeah. thing I did at that time. It's not me as my personality. Yeah. I was being interviewed for... Um... Uh, two weeks ago for a, uh, a magazine article about um it's actually about women's brains and um what happened in midlife and so on and okay. about why suddenly you get to the point of thinking I don't care in the, in the way that we had once cared and I was talking about when I was in France um a few weeks ago and the fact that I'd been watching you know teenage boys throwing themselves in somersaults off this really high ledge into a lake and I looked at them and I was like and I love outdoor pursuits and stuff. So just jumping normally off this really high ledge wouldn't have been a buzz for me. Other people kind of, my husband and children, actually my husband was gripping on, my children were kind of <laughs> sliding off the edge. But I was thinking, I can do a forward somersault. And you're standing up there, actually, it feels quite scary. And I'm looking down thinking, I have no, I've, I've never in my life tried to do a forward somersault off anything. And I know I'm going to make a complete idiot of myself, <laughs> which I did. And it hurt lots because I landed on the water really badly and so on. And everyone was laughing. But actually... I didn't care. And I, you know, I carried on practicing until by the end of our holiday, I could do it in what it resembled. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sense of actually, it doesn't, I'm expecting it to go yeah. really badly. I'm expecting to, it not to feel very comfortable and to look ridiculous. And my children were rolling around laughing, but actually it was, it was good fun. And, and I had a real sense of achievement yeah, from done it and, and got a bit better at it yeah I, and i think that's brilliant and i think that i was reading a quote this morning actually in an article which i will find later on and, and it talked about um exactly that type of principle in the sense that people are laughing but they're not the ones doing it yes it's easy to stand on the sidelines yes. and be the critic be the the, the judge and say yeah. well what are they doing wrong but actually it's when you're in the arena doing yeah. it for yourself really matters yeah. and actually it's your own sense to say do you know what i went and did that yeah 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 and, and challenge yourself and saying, you know, I'm not the I'm not the six year old Lisa who wouldn't do these things anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to go and do it. And, yeah. and if we could go back in time and change that thought process when we were growing up in 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds, yeah, and do things differently, I think this imposter syndrome, which comes out in the same way, I'm not good enough. How can I do this? Am I going to make a fool? Are people going to laugh? Yeah, actually, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, but we don't exactly. know that young enough. It's always like that fake it till you make it. Yeah, and it's that whole. Yeah. That ability to smile and have think about your posture and think about how you dress and and what you're just everything about you just kind mm. of giving off the sense that I am feeling confident and I am um, feeling relaxed and knowing that you know if I smile because the way mirror neurons work people around me are much more likely to smile and then uh, when I see mm. people smiling I'm going to feel more relaxed yeah, and just it. knowing you know, kind of being aware of almost putting yourself in a situation where you are feeling more confident than you actually are inside. Music, anything that pattern matches back to, um, you know, situations where you felt on top of the world. So if you have particular music that really kind of makes you feel 
full of energy and um you know you can conquer anything then listen to that put yourself in that frame of mind and then go and do whatever it is you want to do it's kind of creating that sense of okay I'm pretending this is okay inside it feels doesn't feel okay but it's, it's you're giving yourself the evidence yeah, that yeah. you can do it. Because as soon as you've done it, you're like, oh, wow, I did it. And that felt great. And then you start, that's the evidence to start challenging that inner critic. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's, you know, we're just about to, to, to come to an end of your time in that sense. But I think that if I was just to recap on those tips, I think there's some really powerful things there around this, fake it till you make it. And, and what is it you need to do to feel confident, to feel relaxed, to feel calm? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that piece you talked about mirror neurons. I'd love to come back and talk to you about that another day in terms of if you smile, others smile around you. Yeah. And if you walk into the supermarket looking glum, you're going to find lots of other glum people. If you look, walk in looking happy, you're going to find the happy people. It's the RAS working in that sense. Yeah. Um, but actually, we can trick ourselves into feeling confident. Uh, and you mentioned about, you know, piece, put the piece of music on, put the stand in the power pose. Yeah. What's the Amy yeah. Cuddy move of standing in a power pose yeah. and faking it like that? Yeah. Actually, we can create that. And you mentioned about give yourself the sense of evidence you need mm. to prove that you're actually confident in that moment. Yes. So I think that sounds a, sounds a great few tips. Is there anything else you'd add to that? What, what else would we need to do if we wanted to? I was think think forward wind and think, how do you like to be remembered? So do yeah. you want to be, you know, will people be saying, gosh, they were so good because they, you know, achieved this particular client deal and they were so successful with that, that, that? Or do you want people to look back and go, yeah, actually this person was incredibly caring and they were really good listening and they were um, very hard working, whatever they, they were willing to have, take risks and really willing to have a go at new things. And, you know, think it's going back to what we were talking about at the start about what your values are in terms of what is actually really important to me. Yeah. And is yeah. it about the success you know however you define that that other people will be measuring you against yeah or actually is my idea of real success and real achievement something much more about you know the things that I'm emotionally attached to such as friends family um my strengths my talents what I contribute to the world and mm. um, all those kinds of things which are not necessarily about how much money or how big a deal you've secured or whatever. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I, I often give to my clients at the beginning of our journey a, a, a wheel to fill in to ask them where they rank themselves. And one of those is wealth. And of course, people yeah. always think of wealth as being money. Yeah. But as you've just said, that is not about that. Wealth is actually an abundance of other things. Yeah. We just happen to make it sound like money at the moment because that's how we typically measure people. Yeah. But actually, we measure ourselves on actually all those happiness indicators. I was talking to a man the other day who I'm coaching who's, who's over 50 now. And he said, in his view, what he realized when he got to 50 is actually life was about experiences. Yeah. And for him, he just now wanted to go and collect experiences. He didn't need a new patio or a new car anymore. Yeah. He just wanted experiences with his wife and his family to give him that sense of happiness and build his own wealth for the future. Happiness gives you the advantage. So Sean Aker says that, you know, if you're... When you're happy, you can have a this is as much as 31% improvement in your terms of your brain's performance than if you're in a neutral or an unhappy state. And I, wow. I sometimes I do an experiment with people where you know I'm creating a sense of anxiety, I deliberately provoke it, um, and then ask them to do um, a simple exercise, and everyone's in panic mode and can't do it. Yeah. And then I get everyone to relax and I get them to smile. And do all the things we talk about in terms of posture and so on, and then to do that activity, and they all perform really, really well. 
Wow. So the happiness bit is so, so important. Oh, wow. That's lovely. I love that. And actually, to me, that's this word priming. I can prime myself for success yes. by doing those things and getting myself into the state I need to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, I talk about state around, you know, keeping getting your physiology right and actually having that internal dialogue mm. and then looking at the picture that you want in the future. Create those three things. Say, where do I want to be in the future? And actually, you can change your state instantly, but you have to make a choice around doing that. Mm. And, I, and I love that. And, and I love the fact you've got some numbers there, statistics around 31% <laughs> increase straight yeah. away just by feeling yeah. happy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Wow. Well, well, Elisa, this has been, been fascinating again. And um, there's not, lots more we could talk about there. One final question for you in that case before we, before we hang up. Um, yes. Uh, and this is something I'm learning from other podcasts at the moment in terms of, you know, what's the, what's the podcast you've been listening to? What's the books you've been reading that have given you some, some way forward or some happiness or some, some leverage in your life at this moment? So the podcast, um, actually, I came across quite recently because someone else put me onto it, is um, Jason Fox Wild Tales podcast. Okay. Um, which is about adventure, challenges, resilience and how humans interact and he interviews incredible people so um Ross Edgley he swam around the UK solo yeah, yeah. Um, Victoria Pendleton and just these amazing people who have achieved amazing things and I and I love outdoor adventure so for me it, it it's just so fascinating but they relate the whole thing to how you overcome challenges and how you keep yourself going and that resilience and, and so on so I think um, love I love that. I get always get a lot from that. Love um, that one. Yeah. Amazing people talk. In terms of books, um, one I read, um, I read probably last year, but I keep coming back to The Nine Lies About Work. The Nine um, Lies About Work. Okay. The Nine Lies About Work by Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall. Ah, okay. And I love that. It's about a leader's guide to the real world. And it's that. This is the real world. This is not a textbook stuff. This is not how we did things 20 years ago. You know, it's challenges everything we know and think because we've inherited it. You know, how we do appraisals or whatever. It, I mean, it literally looks at every aspect of what we do in business and turns it on its head. So wow. I really, really love that. Wow. Um, and, and the other one was um, The Power of Perception by um, Sean Andrews. And she is... Um, an American, very, very wise um, American who talks a lot about it's our perception. It's about um, in terms of leadership um, linked with emotional intelligence with a gender um, focus. So I th so for me, it's really yeah. fascinating because it links, you know, everything I like about leadership and emotional intelligence and workplace culture and so on. But it actually looks at the perception of gender and how wow. that impacts on people's um roots and outcomes. yeah i think that's interesting i, I love that and the, the, the two things i would say there on those two marcus buckingham in his book first break of all the rules i think yeah. it's a great book it's, you know just to challenge our, our yes. reality so when you look at nine work nine lives about work you need to go and have a look at that yeah. uh, and the second one on power of perception uh, i love that in terms of that that piece around gender and um our perception of who we are there's a famous experiment which I've been reading about recently, which is looking at Asian American women. And when they were asked to score themselves on a, on a mock SAT test, they did a bit of an experiment. And on some of the, uh, the tests, they asked them to put their ethnicity. And on others, they asked them to put their gender. 
And because mm -hmm. they're Asian Americans, they were typically supposed to, in reality, in, in perception of people, be good at maths and science. But when they scored themselves against the called themselves women, they scored 21% less than when they scored themselves referencing, referencing themselves against their ethnicity. Wow. Amazing how just being called a woman related yeah. to that power. Yeah, that's some insight. It's really, really powerful. And I think that's what um, Sean Andrew does incredibly well in terms of she, you know, her. this is her world. And this is, she spends all her time researching and it's got all the data and all the massive companies wow. that we all know about. And you listen to the stats and you're like, wow. And, and it's the learning you take from that about actually what are we doing? What am I doing mm -hmm. with my colleagues? What am I doing for myself? What am I doing within my business that is falling into the traps that we could easily overcome? Wow, that's powerful. Well, wow, really useful. Thank you. Lisa, thank, thank you. you it's lovely and privileged to talk to you yet again. Um, yeah, I really it. enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. And um, thank, you, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to doing it again in the near future. Brilliant. Thanks thank very you. much, Bill. Thanks. So that concludes this episode of Sparks. Thanks for listening. We're always looking for ideas on how to drive this podcast forward. So if you've got comments, please leave them via a review of our show, along with your rating. Or send us an email to sparks at avmconsult.com.